What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Stand Up Guys podcast, episode 127. I am your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined, as always, by my ombre from the same ombre, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. And, of course, we got the ninth wonder, chocolate thunder, licking booty and... <laughs> nah, that doesn't, it doesn't have... These YouTube rules, man, that... <laughs> Well, butt's not too bad of a word. Okay, let's start over. The ninth wonder. Maybe Maybe just think of something good instead. (laughs) That's too hard. (laughs) The ninth wonder. Chocolate thunder. Licking butts and getting in guts. The booty tasting. Time's a-wasting. Having fun eating that scrum. The phenomenal one. A.J. Singh. Hello, everyone. Uh, Nice to meet your guts. (laughs) Maybe like when the show begins, you should put a little timer down the corner and it just counts down the time until we can start swearing. (laughs) Actually, I, I listened to a podcast, uh, this comedian, and he, he does that kind of, and he calls it like the, the good boy clock or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> There's always somebody one step ahead. I know, I know. Um, all right, guys, what have you been doing this week? Hopefully something good. <laughs> Did you watch anything? I've been watching a, a new YouTube channel called Prim's Hood Cinema, and uh, the guy's hilarious. He just makes fun of like Friday and like... You know, hood movies. Oh, house. like black exploitation yeah. movies or like a house party. Like all oh, they movies. they're making a new house party. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be bad. I think. Yeah, I heard it was bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad. <laughs> but the dude's hilarious. He's just funny. He sounds like a fat dude, but he's actually kind of skinny. <laughs> he sounds like a fat dude. <laughs> if you were listening to him on the radio, you'd be like, "This, this is guy, a fat guy. Yeah. This guy is fat." Like I can hear yeah. things going on. <laughs> what do you for the, for the people just hearing our voices like which of us do they think is fat oh, God, yeah. it's got, i sound fat sure. <laughs> straight up sounds like he's gargling marble <laughs> he's just trying to breathe man there's, just, there's always lard stuck somewhere in here <laughs> i swore he was fat because he sounded like he was gonna die every time he was talking but he was skinny i can't believe it <laughs> uh, anything else besides YouTube videos? No, that's mostly it. Yeah. What about you over there? I was trying to remember. I, I watched a couple uh, episodes of Velma just so I'd have something to talk about, and there's nothing to really talk about. It was just not good. <laughs> well, because <laughs> like I, I thought about watching it because like we have this thing where like as a kid I, I like Scooby Doo and you always hated it. So I thought, well, maybe if I watch Velma and we both watch it, we'll have something to talk about. But yeah, then I just saw like people tweeting about it, and supposedly it's like they're just like, man, this is unfunny and terrible. Well, it's bad. It's supposed to be like a prequel. Like, it tells you how they come together as a team. But, like, they've taken each of the characters and individually made them, like, the worst person they could think of. <laughs> so I, it's like, oh, I really want to see these people come co- coalesce into a nice group. Yeah, no, it's it's just, uh, it was bad. Do you meet Fred before he's wearing his ascot? <laughs> I don't know. It, well, his dad owns some kind of, like, men's apparel. And so, I don't know. I, I don't remember if he actually was wearing an ascot or not. <laughs> we should all start wearing ascots for the podcast. <laughs> We're the ascot boys. You, you buy it and I'll wear it. <laughs> that goes for anything. <laughs> hmm, hmm, I might have to look into this. <laughs> so, like, was it... Would you say it was just, like, boring or unfunny or, like... It was just, like... Well, first they take all the characters. They they try to make it more adult. So like it opens with like two cockroaches fucking, and like that's pretty much really like uh, what the show is all about. It's cockroach fucking, right? That it pretty much sums up everything else. I hope the good boy clock is. <laughs> is over. I told I you we needed a clock. <laughs> <laughs> it it just seems weird to me to like make a Scooby Doo cartoon. That I guess panders towards an older audience. Yeah, there's that. So they're they're like, well, we're li- we live in the age of like dirty cartoons or whatever. So let's like dirty this up. I mean, I guess that's true. And then they are they change like beloved characters and they kind of are all turds. 
And you're like, yeah, you're just not interested in any of them. But see, as a kid, and I, the jokes are terrible. As a kid, I always liked Scooby Doo more for the mystery because, like, the humor was just like really like juvenile stuff between like Shaggy and Scooby, basically. But like the mystery was like the thing. So does this show? Does it seem? Is is there a mystery or is it just these characters? Interact? Yeah, there's somebody who's like killing students and scooping out their brains. Okay, so there's at least something like that. And for some reason, it's been pinned on Velma. Like, the person wore like a mask and a skirt and socks or something. <laughs> it, I don't know. But yeah. Anyway, she has 24 hours to prove her innocence or something like that. Why 24 hours? Uh, some random time limit. <laughs> I still like my idea of a live action, like, Scooby-Doo CSI. <laughs> where they're like solving like real murders. Committed by, like, costume criminals. And at the end, Scooby makes a stupid pun. <laughs> I would probably uh, not have Scooby talking. He would just be a, a dog. <laughs> uh, what else? You said you've been re-watching, like, the Indiana Jones movies or something? Yeah, I watched The last the Lost Ark the other day. I gotta say, like, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the Indiana Jones movie I've watched, like, the least. Because, like... When I was a kid, like, I loved Last Crusade, and I just tended to watch Last Crusade, like, a lot, and Temple of Doom as well, and, like, even as an, an adult, like, rewatching Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, it's good. But it's not as strong. Yeah, and I even think, most people wouldn't agree with this, but I think I even like Temple of Doom more than Raiders. Yeah, no, Temple of Doom is solid. You would agree with that? Yeah. See, most people are like, oh, Raiders, I, I think most people, it's either Raiders or Last Crusade. Um, and, and they kind of see like Temple of Doom as like a lesser movie, but I don't, I don't know. know. I, Last Crusade is so strong. Oh, it's so, it's, it's like, like it's a perfect, perfect, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. It really is like pacing wise, just like, it's so fun. It's yeah. I like, I can't even like think of like a criticism for it really. It's that strong. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, well, I'll get to it. I watched something so bad. Oh, yeah, you told me about this, but you wouldn't need to tell me what it was. <laughs> well, before I get there, I'll, I'll name I the things. I was guessing. I was like, is it Velma? Because <laughs> it was awful. Before I get to I'll, I'll, I'll name the things you probably think it would be. <laughs> so I finished Stargirl, uh, the third and final season of Stargirl. And actually, you know, overall, like, I think it's a pretty strong show. Probably because, like, Jeff Johns is the person that, like, you know, originally, like, invented that character. And, like, he's involved with the show. So, like... I, I I liked it. I think I think it's a solid show. Now a less sh solid show that I'm also now watching the third and final season of Batwoman, mm. which like it's not like last You're watching stuff that is like <laughs> so far off my radar. It's not like last episode of Supergirl bad, but like there is like a it does get silly at times. Is a CW show? Yeah, it's a CW show. Yeah. They both are actually, but yeah, the writing it just gets. Uh, silly and convoluted at times and it did in the previous two seasons as, as well you know it got me thinking though like do you think like i i feel like if i was a kid growing up with all these like shows like i would have just been in hog heaven you know and just mm -hmm. loving it but like i do wonder about kids growing up right now if they're just like over it they're like oh another superhero thing because like i know you know this isn't I conclusive but your kids are like eight and ten so far, neither of them are really into the superhero stuff. They're not really into movies. It's, it's just fucking YouTube all the time. Yeah. Is that what is happening? YouTube is just like taking all the kids Although, and TikTok. However, I made that Raspberry Pi with all the uh, emulators and stuff on there of videos, uh, video games I already own. <laughs> 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 Disclaimer. <laughs> that moves it from illegal to in the gray zone. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, I put all these uh, old games on our Raspberry Pi, and uh, the kids have been playing Super Mario World on uh, what is that? The um, Super Nintendo. Yeah. And we until recently we were playing a lot of Doctor Mario, but that one crashed. I, I think I'll have to put it on there again. But yeah, they've been enjoying some of the classic gaming. So I feel like I did my my part in that. <laughs> did field. something good? I, yeah. It's fun watching them get frustrated at the same levels that we used to get frustrated. <laughs> Even OJ was playing, <laughs> and yeah, the adults play and they get mad, but Liam gets so oh, fucking yeah. mad. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Super frustrated. Yeah, I, I I definitely got mad a few times, like, as a kid, like, playing yeah. those games. God damn it. Yeah. And it's a controller, and it's yeah. not it doing It didn't jump. Yeah. It didn't jump. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, I had a friend who we were playing a, a basketball game, and I was beating him like so many times over and over again. He just t- took out the control the game, and he looked me right in the eyes, and he just broke it in half. <laughs> it was it was his game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go play some tic tac toe, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I think we kind of grew grew up in like the a good age for video games kind of because like i do wonder like as a kid how intuitive like a modern game is because for us like that nintendo controller and like it's so simple you know it's a couple buttons we can wrap our heads around it like if you were just to give me like a playstation like four or five controller when i was that age and like all these buttons i'd be like I don't know what I'm doing. It's probably a bit overwhelming, but a lot of games have gotten a lot better at like onboarding you. Like they they teach you like the X button and then they teach you the circle button. I'm sure like kids get the hang of it, but yeah. I bet it I bet if you played a... some kids online, they probably stick their foot up your ass. Oh, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Well, they say like, you know, you're like reaction time like starts to go down and like I think like as soon as like your late teens early 20s oh, so like yeah. most people that are like you know <laughs> in these e-leagues that are like just elite players they're mostly like teenagers yeah. they're making millions man oh, I know it I know it That's nice. I don't think I played anything well enough as a kid that I could have been like in those ranks <laughs> yeah I kind of feel the same way like there was games I was good at but like I I don't think I would have been able to like compete on a national level. You, you might be able to be a breakthrough champion. <laughs> I was good at breakthrough. <laughs> um, micro machines, <laughs> although no, that even micro that machines game. was hard. Or sometimes it's hard. that's my favorite NES game though. That game's awesome. Yeah, for NES, that was super solid. So good. You know what sucks is like over the years, like they've made more of those, but they're not like the top down NES style. They're like three D, yeah, or like two and a half D, and like I I don't think any of them have been rated well. (laughs) So it's like I still though like I think I'm I'm in a very niche audience on on PS One. I loved the uh, Jet Moto racing games. And so I'm like, God, they need to remake those. Like, just remake them. They're so good. But, like, I don't think anybody gives a shit besides me about those games. Well, it feels like there's always, should be always be a spot for racing games. I feel like racing games are the last, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years, maybe even longer, have been so boring. Well, there's, like, they're really, like, um, you know, sim ones like Gran Turismo. Man, I played one of those, and it was so fucking long. I just, like... I was like, I have no idea where this ever ends. Maybe it doesn't end. Maybe it's just infinite races. <laughs> well, I remember in college, me and you had uh, like Gran Turismo 3, and I played it a lot, and I had some fun with it. But I, I prefer like more arcadey stuff like racers that aren't like quite so hard. But like even those, I feel, have just gotten kind of bland over the years. Yeah. And they're just the same thing. Like at least Jet Moto, like you're on these like, you know, jet bikes and and there's all these like crazy levels like there's literally in, in jet motor 2 like which is my favorite one like there's a literally like a a level where you keep like riding uh between heaven and hell <laughs> and it's, it's awesome and like when you're in heaven like the music's all like pleasant and then it, you go into hell and it's all like death metal <laughs> it's like there's like some crazy fun levels in that game i i would love to play that again but i i think it would be hard if they didn't kind of update you know the visuals and, and controls. Well, I think one of the things now is like if you put out a racing game, like if you come back to make another racing game, are you going to recreate it or are you just going to take all your physics and all all your mechanics and everything and just slap a new, you know, picture on it, a new <laughs> new graphic and call it a day? I mean, they've been doing both with certain game franchises lately. I, th- I think with Jet Moto, like, really, you could just, like, it was so solid, the p- gameplay, that I think you could really just update the graphics, probably. And, you know, map controls to, you know, like, the triggers and, like, modern-day stuff to, that people would expect. And maybe you would add, like, online racing for people who like that. But, like, it is interesting, because, like, some games I feel like are so good, you really can just, like, update the graphics. And then, like, but, like... You know, I was never into the Resident Evil games, but I know a couple years ago they remade Resident Evil 2, and they actually did a little more tinkering with it. Yeah. And people love that game. Yeah, they've they've definitely tried different styles and different mechanics and stuff. I remember playing, what is it, number four was really good. That's the only Resident Evil I ever played, and actually there is a remake of that coming out in a couple months. I'm not 
interested enough in it to actually play it, but a lot of people will. Like I remember playing a little bit on like the PS2, but I I don't think I got very far. Or maybe it was even PS1. Oh, like the audio. Yeah, I think I think that would have been a PS1 game. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, and I think like people say like it had like rough like tank controls and and you know, I think that's kind of the stuff they fixed when they did the remake, you know. But are there any games like um you guys loved in the past that you're like would love to see like a, a modern day remake of fable yeah i used to play that game a lot like i played it probably over again like four times they still make those don't they actually there was just a new story i think this week because like several years ago they announced that they were making a new fable which i think would be like the fourth in the series i want to say I think it, yeah and like just like this week they announced it like um i, I I don't think they said it was canceled, but basically it was taken out of the hands of the studio that was working on it because it was in like such like rough shape or something. No. So like it may or may not ever come. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Those are that's like a Xbox game yeah. though, right? Yeah. So I've never played those. It, it, what is it exactly like an RPG type of thing? Yeah, it is. It's like a fantasy world. It's. But it's called. got like all the Disney characters, right? No, that's no, no, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, that's the one I'm talking I, about. Uh, years ago, I tried playing uh, like the Kingdom Hearts, but I wanted to start with the first one, and it was originally like a PS2 game, and it just it was a bit rough, so I didn't, I couldn't really get into it. Uh, like the whole selling point for Fable, like when it first came out, was like you could be good or evil, you know, like your decisions like matter in this game, and it's kind of cool, like. Throughout the franchise, they usually do make it to the point where, like, your decisions, it, it does matter. You know, like, every decision you make does have an impact on how the game turns out. And it's interesting. I want to see how that plays out again because that would be really interesting to see redone. Modern. Yeah, that's hard to do when you're having, like, story splits and different things yeah. going on. Yeah. It is weird, like, those games where they have, like, you know, branching choices you can pick. Because, like, even though, like, people are taking different branches, like... Um, at the end of the day, they kind of have to all come to the same point. Like, if if you look at the structure, those like, you know, choose your own adventure books, they they basically like um, form a diamond shape where it's like they, they branch out, but then eventually they they come yeah. back to the the same end point, kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of depends if they choose that structure or not. Because I think there have been some that don't. But the thing is, if you've got like all these branches and you have to fill them out and it's a huge mess. You're either going to put a ton of development in and you basically you're going to shorten the length of the game but you increase play replayability stuff. But I'm wondering, like, I like the uh, Mass Effect franchise, which is another franchise where, like, you, you know, choose your own pathways and stuff. There, there's another... Th well... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> have you ever, like, played a game or, or something like that and, like, you make, like, what seems like the moral choice and they, like, fuck you over. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. Yes. What are you... Is uh, specific... It's kind of funny, but I don't remember. I just remember, like, you're you're really, like, you're out there. I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people play this way where you're just, like, trying to be a good person. You're you're nice to the NPCs. You right. try to do the right thing. By the way, most people statistically play that way. Yeah. Mm. When given a choice, right? Because you actually you actually feel those emotions where like <laughs> like you don't want to be like a piece of shit, <laughs> and you're also like there's also that fear in the back of your mind that's gonna screw you over. <laughs> <laughs> you know what game like in the recent couple of years that did that to me that really pissed me off? There's this game called uh, Detroit Become Human, which is you play as like these three different characters. And it's it's all about uh, branching paths. You get make all these choices, and so there can be a lot of different outcomes, right? And so, like in one of these, you're playing as this android that's also like a cop, and he he works with like uh, the guy that's the voice of uh, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a human. But anyway, like I'm I'm playing this level, and I get stuck where like you know it does that thing where like someone's about to kill me, but like. You know, you look around and you see, is there, like, you know, something I can grab or whatever. And there there must have been something, but, like, I could not find right. it. So, like, my character just dies. He's our android, so he gets, uh, a little later on, gets rebooted. But then, like, I go to this other, like, android's house that we're, like, questioning. Or, no, it's, it's a real guy, and we're questioning him in this case or whatever. 
and he has like a, like a Android Butler or something. And basically, he tells me that if I want like a lead on my case, I have to kill the Android because it's what you know. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm the good guy. I'm gonna make the good decision. So like, I don't kill him. But then basically, it's just like. Oh, you didn't find a lead. Your case is over. This storyline never picks back up. You're fucked. I'm like, what the fuck? Like you're just gonna like screw me and just like nope. You can't reboot it in again. <laughs> it doesn't give you another shot, and you're just like, okay. Are they trying to teach us to be assholes? I guess so. <laughs> it's like in the old school games where you had like 20 saves, and you're like, I guess I'll go back to number 12. <laughs> But going back to to Mass Effect, what I found find interesting is so like when that game ends, like the ending, no matter what you choose, is is very similar similar. But there's like these slight differences. But then like they're making another Mass Effect, which I think I might be wrong about this, but I think it's supposed to be like a, a sequel to the original trilogy. But it's like since there are like small like differences, you know, of the way the first one ended, like I don't know how they would work that into a new one you know it just maybe they would just ignore it i don't know. just pick one yeah. <laughs> or maybe i don't know make a story that where it doesn't really matter but uh clancy brown clancy brown yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> man he does so many voices i hear him in shit all the time yeah I, i've definitely heard him around he's got such a deep voice it's very distinct yeah, yeah. well guys before we get into story time like I teased you with this. So this past oh, yeah, weekend, I think I I watched possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. It's it's definitely hands down the most boring movie I've ever seen. Have you ever watched The Room? <laughs> I have not, but you know what? I would much rather watch The Room. Okay, so the way this came about is there's this um magazine i've never heard about this british film magazine called sight and sound which i guess has been around for a very long time and starting in 1952 they like um pulled a like a large group i don't know who's all in it like a, a lot of movie critics directors like maybe actors i don't know but a lot of people involved with the film industry and they basically have them uh, they compiled the 100 greatest films of all time uh, according to this voting body right and so the first one was in 1952. I remember starting in 1962, their top movie was Citizen Kane. And that remained the same all the way to, through their uh, 2012 poll. Man. Right? And like the other top 10 like um, changed up a little bit, but a lot of the same ones were in there, whatever. Right, right. Um, but a couple months – so a couple months ago, they did their 2022 you know, vote. And this movie, and I'm not even sure exactly if uh, how to pronounce it. Pronounce it. Uh, I believe it's called Jean Dealman, or maybe Jean Dealman. It's like the lead woman character's name. Okay. And and it kind of took the world by storm because, like, like myself and a lot of people, I've never heard of this movie. Like, you know, Citizen Kane. Oh, I've actually seen Citizen Kane, but even like a lot of the other movies on there are movies I've at least heard of if I haven't seen them. You know. But this movie, I'm like. Never heard of it, but I I was trolling through HBO and it was on there, so I was like, oh, the greatest movie of all time. Maybe I should check this out. So this was actually this was number one, like last yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, their list of the the single greatest movie of all time. Now I was a little hesitant to even start it because it's a three and a half hour long movie. Dang. Okay, that's a good stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Longer than Avatar. <laughs> um. So here's the thing. I want to be somewhat constructive in my criticism, not just curse this movie out. So, so starting, we know you think it's horrible. At, at some point, where you like, is it me? Do I have bad taste? Well, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I was thinking about bowing out and just stopping it. But then I was like, well, if I talk about it on the podcast, people are going to be like, well, you didn't wait to the, you didn't get to the right. end. You know, so I'm like, you know what? You, you quit right before the... The gold. <laughs> right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick with it. By the way, I would love you guys just to watch the first 10 to 15 minutes of this movie. Three, three and a half hours. Just watch the first 10 to 15, just so you'll have a brand new respect for oh, I did see, I did, I, I did see Avatar, though, this week. Oh, I you did? I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Okay, after this, we'll talk about that. Oh, my stupid phone alarm that I always forget about. Um, so, okay. 
So basically, the premise of this movie, um, I think the like, if you look at HBO, their their description. By the way, this movie is like uh, it's foreign. It's like Belgium, I okay. think. Um, takes place in Belgium anyway. I don't know. Um, and um, basically, it's about this widow who um, turns to prostitution in order to um, provide for her family. I may have heard of this. Okay. okay. So here's the thing. That sounds somewhat interesting, right? Right. <laughs> but here's what the movie is for the most part. First of all, the camera is always in it. I mean, it switches location, but the camera is always static. So it's the camera never moves. You're always looking at one, you know, fixed point. And you follow this woman, and, and the whole movie is her doing menial tasks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. So, like, these are some of the scenes in the movie. Five minutes of her washing dishes. Five minutes of her cooking. A, there's several different cooking scenes. Um, five minutes of her eating soup with her son in almost silence. Twice. <laughs> um, her, have seconds. her making the bed for five minutes. Her, uh, I mean... Just menial task after menial task. You didn't watch like a home ec movie or something? Oh my God. It's it's so brutal. You watched the wrong version. So here's the thing. I'm watching this. I'm like, this cannot be this. what this movie is. <laughs> By the way, like, <laughs> as I'm watching it, I, I'm like, how, at, at a certain point, I'm like, how can this movie possibly redeem itself? <laughs> like, and here here's the thing. It, and I wrote this down because... This movie fails on, on like just a basic storytelling because there's no conflict in this movie, or at least arguably very little. Because you, you're watching this, and, and basically, so it, basically, the movie covers three days in this woman's very boring life, and like the only kind of difference is as you get to from day one to two to three. It, is you kind of see like the drudgery of her routine, routine starts right, to so get. So you were actually feeling the, the horribleness of everyday life, just <laughs> exactly. like everyday. Yeah, there's no escapism. <laughs> exactly in this what movie. you're trying to escape from. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no escapism in this movie at all. So like, but like on day two, like um, maybe like her hair like gets a little messed up and you're like, Oh, she like, and then day three, like she forgets to like button a, a button on her, on her vest or whatever. And, and you, she forgets a, a step in her routine. So like, you're like, okay, I see this like very slight, uh, thing that, that shows like her routine is starting to get to her or whatever. Right now, as far as the prostitution thing. So, um, basically, there, there's three Johns in the whole movie that come and visit her. But even this is done like very like prim and proper. Like she takes their coat or whatever. Um, they go to the room. You just see like the door closes. Then they come out. She she gives back the coat and whatever. They pay or whatever, you know. Um, except, and I'll get to it, the very last John, there's a little more to it. Um, so yeah, there almost no conflict in the movie. I, I put no editing there's no editing at all. That's why the movie is three and a half goddamn hours long. They're like, we're just gonna. It's all just like straight five minute shots of exactly, and and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, it, how do you cut anything out of that? Here, here's the thing that bothers me. This movie, and it would still be terrible, but it's three and a half. You could easily cut out two and a half, two to two and a half hours of this movie and still have all the same scenes. If you just cut down like five minutes of her washing dishes yeah. to three minutes of her washing dishes, like <laughs> we get it. It's boring. Move on. Uh, but here's what I'm getting at. So I was, I, I was so like flummoxed that somebody, first of all, I don't believe this is anyone's favorite movie. Let alone, <laughs> and that's what I'm getting to is <laughs> like, what, how did this come to how happen? Did, exactly. How did this happen? Because here's the thing, like, you know what this reminded me of is, is like, you know, those really like pretentious art galleries where like, there'll be like a real basic painting, like, that's just like nothing but a red square. And somebody will be like, oh, I get it. The, the red, it represents fascism. And then the little white border represents the us oppressed that are being like squeezed out and all this kind of bullshit. It's like, like when they vote the retard is prom king. <laughs> 
And, and I'm just like... <laughs> Demonetized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg, you, you ruined this thing. <laughs> but I'm just like, what? what is the red square like excuse like somebody made for this movie? Because that's what I think happened. I, like, I have nothing to back this up. But I think somebody prominent in in the community wrote an article about how this movie is actually brilliant and how it's like uh, you know an unappreciated gem or something and then all the people voting for this went like oh whoever wrote this means it makes a great point i'm gonna vote for this movie i think there's some group thing going on on. because again john's clothes i cannot express without any I find this movie putrid. <laughs> I, I, I really do. It was the whole thing was excruciating. I, I, I honestly and, and here's the thing that bothers me is I know if if I express this to like people who defend this movie, they'd be like, "Well, that's the point. You need to watch all these five minute things because otherwise the the drudgery of real life doesn't come through." I'm like, God. And, and the other thing is. When this woman, like, because there, there are scenes where she, like, leaves her, most of it's shot in her apartment, but uh, there, there's various times where she does, like, leave the apartment and go on different errands, including, like, watching her five minutes uh, in line at the bank. <laughs> it's, uh, God, I hated this movie. Um, and, and she takes the elevator, uh, you know, from her building. You have to, uh, you watch her take the elevator probably a minimum of 15 times in this movie. Oh and you gosh. you have to watch her do it because we can't edit that out. You got you got to know she's in that elevator every time. Um god, I I wrote down this this movie doesn't respect the audience. <laughs> it actively wants to annoy the audience and tell the audience that that's the point. Um, and I also wrote, anyone who likes this movie has Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I put too much time into right. this. I have to justify it. Yeah. Um, okay, what do I want? And I won't spoil it. But towards, I would say, probably 10 minutes from the end of the movie, there's finally one thing that happens in this goddamn piece of shit that's interesting. Something interesting happens. <laughs> Finally, some conflict in this movie. Now, <laughs> you know what that conflict is directly followed up by? No resolution <laughs> whatsoever. This woman comes into a room, sits in the room, doing nothing for like five to seven minutes, credits. And also, there's another scene in the movie of her just sitting in a room for five minutes, doing nothing. <laughs> I, there's no way that... like. There's no way this is someone's favorite movie. I just, I can't believe it. If this is your favorite movie, you are too boring to live. <laughs> I'm sorry. Kill it's, yourself. It, it can't be. I want to know how this reached the top of this list. There, there has to be some group thing going on. I mean, what was the big outcome of it? Like, did, was it always have a pimp or something? Like, what was the lesson? <laughs> no. I, what's the lesson? That's a good question. Uh, I honestly, like, if there was a message of this movie, I don't know what it is, except that real life is boring a lot <laughs> and sucks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, again, I would love you guys to just watch as first 10 minutes of this movie or as much of it so as like you can So, like, you said, that's like two scenes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some washing of the dishes. Exactly. An elevator trip. <laughs> it's so bad. and And the thing of it is, is, like, also, there's not a lot of dialogue in the movie. Like, she has, a like, some dialogue with her son, and, like, occasionally she goes to the store and has dialogue with, like, the shopkeeps or whatever. But, like, even, like, if it was, like, oh, no, will, will her son discover that she's become a prostitute? No, no, like I said, there's no conflict. There's, like, there's never a time when you're, like, oh, is something going to happen? Is this going to get interesting? No. No, there's, it's not. That'd <laughs> be hilarious. Steadfastly refuses. <laughs> if she has like one of her like, you know, sex scenes, like she closes, closes the door and hands him his jacket or whatever. It's all <laughs> professional looking. And her son walks in and he's like, man, it smells like ass in here. What's going on? <laughs> that would have saved the movie for me. <laughs> you still booty. <laughs> <laughs> well, even like, 
like the very last scene, I'm like, are we going to hear the door of like her son coming up and 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 that would and be like, oh no, what what happened in our minds or whatever? No, they don't even do that. It's just <laughs> her doing nothing and and the movie. <laughs> I mean, God, I I hated this thing. I really feel like this is a. Uh, it might be my most hated movie of all time. I mean, there are other movies that that I've watched that are also like bad, but at least they're short. <laughs> like <laughs> like that Robin Williams Popeye movie is is fucking terrible. I also watched um um Missing Popeye. <laughs> there's also um uh Scarlett Johansson sci-fi movie called Under the Skin, which is also putrid and I hated, but at least there was some conflict in that movie. Um but oh man, what I want though, if like anybody is is, is still watching this, if you like this movie, please, for the love of God, comment and tell me like what you liked about this. Like, I was just flummoxed. I, this thing ended, and I was like, how, how? <laughs> if I had a time machine, I'd go back in time and not do this. <laughs> Honestly, I would. Was it all black and white? No, no, it was in color. This movie also this movie came out in like the mid seventies, like nineteen seventy five, oh, okay. I think. But like, so those like sixty years of Citizen Kane. Like later, someone came and says, "Oh no, no, no! This is what you want." <laughs> I was assuming it was something new. No, no. So was it on the list before? I think it was on the list, but never in the top ten. Okay. Huh. This reminds me of Patton Oswalt. He has like a joke where he's like, uh, you know, we have these like. Like, our lives are becoming so, like, crazy, and we're going to start having movies that are just, like, monotonous, bland things, like Manny Serial or something like that. And that's what this movie... We already had it from 1975. (laughs) Maybe we could change our podcast to just five-minute, like, shots of us doing nothing. (laughs) And they'll be like, this is brilliant. It's so (laughs) avant-garde. These guys need to make a movie. (laughs) Um, okay, so yeah, that, that's it. Please, like, like, like I said, if if you like Jean Dielman, please let me know why. Um, but before we get into story time, you mentioned you watched Avatar two. Oh the yeah, Way of Water. I, I snuck off on Thursday and had some alone time and watched the Avatar. I, I think, like you said, some of the shots feel a little bit funny, but um, good story. I like that it was more of like a localized battle than like a gigantic like war, even though there are. I, they're obviously building to a big war, but um, yeah, no, it was it was good. What do you think? Uh, like I said, I I really like the underwater shots. Like, yeah, that was super strong. I think they really like what is captivating about like just like ocean documentaries. Like they created their own world and like put you in that, so you're just kind of in awe. Like there's so many scenes that are probably just so slow and and meaningless, but there's just they're still captivating just because there's so much like sense of awe and just watching it. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm sure like people complain about the, the length of avatar too. And I'm like, yeah, they could have probably cut some of those scenes, but at the same time, like they're visually interesting at least. Yeah. No, I, I didn't feel like I was, it was ever so slow that I was cashed out. I was always in even. Yeah. I was never like, you know, when is this thing going to yeah. end? Like, even when it was like just the world building stuff and just kind of witnessing the world, it's it's still captivating. For sure. Like, what do you think? Like, I don't want to spoil any plot details, but like the next movie, like, do you think it's going to be like, oh, they're going to find some excuse to go to this part of Pandora that we haven't seen? Well, that's what But I, then like bad guys are going to follow them there. And it's like, I, I'm not sure. I kind of thought that initially because I was like... This is how he's going to unite all the tribes. But at the end, he's like, this is where we fight. Like, like he's decided to take his ground here or something. Yeah. So I'm not sure. But looking at the first movie, I was pretty sure, like, his destiny is to unite all these tribes and bring them together. But now I'm kind of wondering if, like, the uh, the one daughter is going to really be the key player in the future. So I'm not sure. You know what would be interesting if if they made um, human body avatars, <laughs> <laughs> Uno reverse, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> running around like a bunch of little pussies. <laughs> because ultimately, it does seem like there's eventually like going to have to be like a how do the humans and the Navi learn to um, get along? 
I don't think it's going to happen. I think the world's going to coalesce to kill all the humans. <laughs> I mean, that would be interesting, but do you think they're going to go that dark? Yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, that, w- that, w- <laughs> that would be interesting. Like, oh, Actually, you know what would be interesting is if, like, um, they the last movie, they come to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> they wipe everybody out. It's, it, it becomes like a Quentin T- Tarantino like revenge film, like for Native Americans. <laughs> Inglorious bastards, sort of. <laughs> well, they basically said that humans have already like destroyed Earth or whatever. So, well, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to. Uh, okay, let's do very slight spoiler. Yeah, they mentioned that like you know Earth, like in a lot of science fiction, like maybe climate change, whatever. Yeah. Like they're kind of ruined the planet. So the idea is that the humans are actually going to come to Pandora and live. They're, like, trying to build, like... Well, yeah, it shows them building, like, roads and, like, skyscrapers in days with all these, like, automated, like, spiders or whatever. So So I I found that interesting. So that's what I'm saying is I think, like, with more and more humans coming to Pandora, like, you know, it, it eventually, like... Well, I don't think it's going to be Lenavi, like, destroying all the humans... So I don't want to say like a full spoiler, but at one point they get like this sample and they're like, this is worth $80 million. Oh, right. I'm like, you are riding in like a $40 trillion vehicle right now. Yeah. <laughs> like there's not enough resources on this planet to uh, ship all of this across outer space. <laughs> yeah, you can't really justify space travel for... Right. Yeah. For anything. Economic really. gain, yeah. Although if that's $80 million substance existed like <laughs> it would actually they would get more than 80 million dollars out of probably if it if it really they, would. i think they would have to yeah yeah um it is interesting though but yeah like james cameron definitely obsessed with the ocean and you can tell it in this movie yeah no it was it was really good in that sense well guys uh uh, we can get a few stories in before it, it's uh time to call it quit uh, what time are we at We've done like 45 minutes just shooting. shooting nice. the ship. Okay. Um, so anyone who hasn't watched before, uh, we like to do a little thing we call story time uh, where we go across, uh, around the table and everyone's going to bring a, a uh, wacky news story from around the globe and we will see if we can't just make something uh, funny and or entertaining out of it. And as tradition dictates, AJ, we usually start with you. So what do you got for us? All right. The Last of Us Fungus Cordyceps is actually real. Uh, the nightmare-inducing fungus that turns humans into crazed zombies in The Last of Us is actually a real thing, uh, which should help you to sleep easy tonight. Here's the trailer, blah, blah, turn off your ad block. Uh, so far, it seems as if <laughs> HBO's uh, take on the horror drama video game series, The Last of Us, is off to a good start, with loads of people chiming in to praise the show in general, but also the performances of stars Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Uh, the premise of the show and the games as it happens is pretty simple. There's a fungus that has managed to somehow infect the human population of the world, turning people into terrifying zombie-like creatures that attack everything they see. Battle-hardened survivor Joel Pascal uh, has a oh, has to get Ellie Ramsey to safety as she is one of the few people who is immune to the infection and therefore stands a chance of ending the pandemic. Luckily for us, we know a thing about pandemics, don't we? The man behind the show also claims that the threat from the fungus, which actually exists, is real. Uh, cordyceps, uh, it's called cordyceps, and at the and at the minute, it only affects ants and other small insect-type creatures, how, somehow controlling them and bending them to its will, but it's very much a real thing. This type of fungus, unlike others, deals in things that are living rather than dead. Uh, flooding the brains of ants with chemicals and taking over muscles to get them to the perfect place for it to grow before spreading spores to control more ants. It doesn't affect the ants' brains, but it's still it's still pretty terrifying. Uh, Craig Mazin, the showrunner who also brought us the equally uplifting Chernobyl, recently explained to the Hollywood Reporter, "It's a real, real. It's real uh, to the extent that everything he says that the fungus does, they do, and they currently do it, and they have been doing it forever." There are some remarkable documentaries that you can watch that are quite terrifying, referencing a flashback warning from a scientist at the beginning of the TV show, which suggests that the fungus could infect humans, he added. Now, his warning, what if they evolve and get into us? From a purely scientific point of view, would they do exactly what they do to ants? I don't think so. I doubt it. On the other hand, he's right. LSD and psilocybin do come from fungus. Uh, here's what cordyceps does to an ant. Uh, 
what I told to John Hanna was that we're doing in this scene is telling people that is always that this has always been here. Uh, the show has received rave reviews from critics and uh, fans alike since premiering on Sunday and around the world. Uh, uh, since Monday, Sunday and Monday uh, around the world, and you can catch the next episode of Sky on Sky Atlantic. Blah blah. Uh, just a plug for the show. But um, I mean, I kind of heard about this already. Right. Yeah. This is just those ants that like uh, hang on to like the end of branches and like their body like explodes and they sp- they spread the fungus onto like other ants and stuff like that. So. <laughs> it is interesting though. Like I, I do like that. Like you know, most zombie like. Uh, stuff. It's just like, oh, some mysterious thing happened, and now there's zombies. I like it that this is at least like somewhat like you know based on something in real life. Uh, It it makes it a little more interesting, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've also heard of it like uh, another fungus with uh, mice that makes them like uh, almost like suicidal. Like the whole thing is like they're supposed to spread their disease to like cats and other animals and. So like they start becoming confrontational with cats, <laughs> and yeah, they die, and then the the disease goes on to the cat, and the cat spreads it to other people. That's crazy. Yeah, there is some like really like crazy shit in nature, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's one about wasps too. I think that that kind of like messes them up too from the inside. So I mean, I mean there are like zombie like diseases out there <laughs> for these other animals. So it does make you think, yeah could happen to humans and then we'll grow big old mushrooms off of our heads and <laughs> eat people yeah um should we roll on over to the manifesto round one yeah maybe are you guys interested in watching that show like i like the game but i'm i'm i'm, I'm kind of like even though it's getting really good ratings <clears throat> i'm kind of like do i want to watch it i will watch it i'm not chomping or champing at the bit to watch it but i'll watch it like uh, so far i've only played the the first game and I like it, but I don't. I don't find it to be like a masterpiece, like everyone else. I'm like, oh, this is like you know, zombie fair, you know. Uh, it, it's, it's fine, but I'm not like super duper excited about it. I like Pedro Pascal. I I, I liked him in Game of Thrones, so I might check it out just because of him and what, the Mandalorian. Was the girl like the daughter in Game of Thrones as well? She um. She's actually like the um, that girl that becomes like queen of like a territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought I'd recognize her. Okay, here we go. Woman sues bar after getting so drunk she blew up a ten million dollar home. <laughs> so <laughs> wait, what? She's is in, suing. <laughs> this is in uh, London, Ontario. So she went to like this uh, Marilyn Manson concert, got fucking drunk as shit, and she. Was driving home and she drove into this super expensive home, hit a gas line. Somehow it went back up, caused this giant explosion, destroyed that house and like a few around it. And so like the total damage is like fifteen million dollars or something. This is like something that would happen in an eighties movie that you'd be like, oh, that's far fetched. <laughs> that, that that would never happen. <laughs> Goddamn Michael Bay, <laughs> fucking hack. Yeah, what is she a transformer? She's like. <laughs> The city. But, but like the explosion must have happened away from her because uh, she was okay. She, she got like three years in prison. But yeah, now she's getting out and she's suing them for uh, being negligent and not like <laughs> stopping her from driving. <laughs> hey, you might do $15 million worth of damage. You sure you don't want to put those keys away? <laughs> like Every drunk driver would try that defense. Why didn't anyone stop me? Yeah. It's on you. <laughs> I was clearly out of control. Like, no bar could exist if you had to, like... Right. Yeah. There are laws like that where they can be, like, let's say they're negligent or something. Yeah, isn't there a thing where, like, I want to say in certain places, like, if the bartender doesn't cut a person off when they can see they're, like, too drunk or something, like, right. they can get in trouble, which I don't know, seems silly, but... Yeah. I don't know. That seems... uh counterintuitive to capitalism like aren't you supposed to sell as much as you can that's what i would do (laughs) (laughs) man i got this is a downer of a story oh i saw this. it's it's actually really tragic but it like 
it's so bizarre and caught me off guard that I like had to, had to talk about it. Six people die after having their throats slit by kite strings at a kite festival. Oh yeah, I heard this one. Six people, including three small children, have died in multiple horrific kite accidents after illegal strings wrapped around their necks and slit their throats. According to police, hundreds of kite enthusiasts were injured when they attempted to duel with the toys in midair in the western state of uh, Gujarat. So I think this is like in India. Yeah. Uh, residents uh, headed to the roofs and terraces in mass to participate in the festival. However, some kite f- um, fighters used razor-sharp cords to take uh, theirs to the sky before it ended in disaster. The children killed included two girls aged two and three and a seven-year-old boy. To make matters worse, none of the children were actually participating in the festivities when they were fatally wounded. Mm. Police told NDTV seven-year-old Rishab was riding with his parents on a motorized scooter, having just bought their own kite to take part in the festival festival when his throat was slit. Two-year-old Kurti also uh, was riding on a motorized scooter when she became entangled and her throat was cut. She was rushed to hospital for treatment but later died. Three-year-old Kismat was walking home with her mother when a thread came in contact with her neck. She was rushed to hospital but was declared dead on arrival. According to police, incidents were reported in the districts of uh, Vidadara, uh, Kutch and Ganhinegar. Uh, a further three men lost their lives while riding their motorbikes when they were cut down by kite strings. As per news agency Press Trust of India, emergency services uh, recorded a total of 130 people that were injured by cuts from kites. A further 46 were injured after falling from roofs when flying kites uh, during the festival. Uh, emergency services also saw a spike in road accidents linked to the festival in recent days, with 461 cases on January 15th and 820 on January 14th. According to the Statesman News Services, 188 people have been arrested for selling Chinese nylon uh, kite strings coated with powdered glass. Commissioner of Police uh, Sukchain Singh uh, Gill said they received nearly 200 reports of vendors selling the band's strings, which have now been linked to numerous fatalities, injuries, and injuries to wildlife. As per the directions of Chief Minister... uh, Bhagwant's man, the Punjab police will take strict action against those buying or selling selling Chinese kite flying strings, he said. Gill added that Punjab police have taken strict actions against those sellers trading in Chinese kite string and have so far recovered as many as 10,269 Chinese spools of the dangerous material. My thing is, like, what was the point of these strings? Is, like, like, the idea was, like, they send their kites up, and what, do they just try to, like, cut the other kite with it? Yeah, I think it cuts other people's strings, which I, I guess means you win the battle. I don't know. Jeez, <sighs> it's, I mean, like, that's so the cost crazy. Of it. Jeez. Uh, I, when I went to India, like, last time I was there, I think that was, like, 2016, 2017. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they were warning me then, like, don't, you know, if you... if. Don't mess with those kite guys. Yeah, like they were buying kites and they were like, don't buy the kites that have like the Chinese strings. You know, they they knew back then like those were really dangerous. So they've known about it. I mean, the fact that people are still selling them. I mean, they must really care about these kite competitions. I don't know. I've never even heard of such a thing. So when I saw this headline, I was just like, what? People dying from kites? I've seen those videos of like little kids getting picked up by kites like... By the neck, like, but not cut or anything. You, you ever seen those Chinese videos? Like, where, no. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. Like, the, the wind just picks up a kite and a little kid will get picked up with it. Jeez. Yeah. Man, I haven't flown a kite in so many years. Yeah. It's... I don't even remember the last time. Uh, I've had one at the beach with the kids once or twice. Right. <laughs> those little ones. Hopefully nothing that would With a razor string. <laughs> murder a bunch of seagulls or anything. <laughs> I don't particularly have any love for seagulls. <laughs> but it's not like, you know, <laughs> just flying and like cuts it now. So most of these people one. that died were like on bikes and scooters and stuff. So was it just like, you know, people flew the kite, they they fell down and the line was like a, alongside a road or something? It probably, Close line's line? probably pretty much invisible and you're going along at 15 miles an hour or Man. something. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Like, yeah, like tragic and... It's amazing, like, the ways we can die. 
The other thing is, like, you said, like, they've known for years that, like, these things were hazardous. Like, the fact that, like, someone could die, like, a little kid especially could die from it, and you're like, no, I'll still do it. Yeah. Really <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, what about Americans? Like, you get, like, a stick of dynamite for the 4th of July. <laughs> like, hooey, boy. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> it's true. Some people really get the illegal fireworks and stuff. and M1000s. <laughs> Or they they do that um, thing where they like wrap a bunch of sparklers together and make a sparkler bombs. Bomb. Yeah, those can be uh, deadly. You know, I really like the looks of those um, Chinese lanterns. You know, but I'm like, those things have to cause forest fires like crazy. For sure. Yeah, I always thought it'd be cool to set off like a thousand of those things, but then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> Burn down a $10 million house or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you could do it like over the ocean and the wind was blowing in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they look cool Japan, as shit. Japan would declare war on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's an attack. Do you happen in the old manifesto to have like a, a, a short story we can go out on? I haven't really pre-read these. Oh. Uh, airline worker dies after being ingested into the engine of a plane. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. No capes. <laughs> I think it was like yeah. a well, baggage handler, right? He was just... Uh, like I said, I haven't read it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. That's yeah. pretty short, but yeah, it got sucked in God. to an engine. Like, uh, my dad has a story. Like, he said um, they did a field trip to Alaska when he was a kid. And when they went to leave, they're on the uh, runway. And it was like a small small jet, I think. Like, maybe like a... I don't know, something. But he said they were there... And it's going, and you know they get sit down in there, and they fire up the engines or whatever. And this moose comes along straight in the engine. Oh no! <laughs> so he, said, he said their field trip went a little longer. <laughs> oh my gosh! But the moose was delicious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice and tender. Uh, can you imagine? I, I mean, I know they get shit like that sometimes. They they get a lot of birds in the air. Yeah, uh, that's what took down that uh, Sully mm. plane, right? The oh, birds. I, I didn't watch that. Like, well, I didn't watch got, like, it, a... but I'm pretty sure that's what happened is like a bunch of birds took out one of the engines or whatever. Yeah. Sounds like an engine took out a bunch of birds. <laughs> <laughs> it was mutual destruction. <laughs> yeah, birds and airplanes don't mix very well. I remember this one story like um, like apparently they would test airplane windows by firing a chicken out of a cannon into it. And, like, they had one, and, like, the guy loaded it up or whatever, and they fired this thing, and they just destroyed the window. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're supposed to defrost the chickens. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, yeah, they just canned a big chunk of ice straight into it. <laughs> it reminds me of that. Like, um, you see that um, Tesla truck when Elon Musk was doing that thing oh. and he's like you can't break these and he like gives this guy like a metal oh, ball right. or something and he just like smashes the window <laughs> he's like oh but, uh, back to the this is embarrassing <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is that scene in Napoleon Dynamite where the guy is trying to prove to the lady that like the, <laughs> the Tupperware is, so is indestructible so he like backs his vehicle like on it and it just like crushes it and he just like pulls off <laughs> <laughs> that's a great movie that's a good one it's such a you know what uh, that was such a weird movie and then that guy i know he made that like nacho libre movie but then i'm like did that guy keep making movies i never he, he was in like a few like lower level comedy yeah. well i mean like um not the actor but the guy that directed like like oh. I, I was just wondering because like I feel like it's been a long time since like a like a really weird movie like that came along and like captured America, you know. I I saw that in a theater and what was so great was like the palpable like discomfort of the people in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> like you could tell <laughs> there was so like awkward, so many awkward like things. I don't know. I haven't seen it in forever, but like I, I remember watching it in college, not at the theater, but um and it, it's definitely a peculiar movie. Yeah. Like, it definitely has a sensibility that you don't find in a lot of movies. I'd say looking back, that's got to be one of my favorite comedies. Just because it's... It's so weird. Even, like, rewatching it, laughs, I, I'll laugh at stuff. And that's like, you know what's happening. You know? There's no <laughs> surprise, which is usually the, the funny part of something. Maybe that's why, like, a lot of comedies don't hold up. Because, like, even if they were good at the time, like, you know the jokes and there's no surprise. I think there's that. And that in a lot of movies, they're not, like, 
designed age well there's a lot of like pop culture references and stuff like that and it just it doesn't hold up over time that is one hard thing about movies that it, you know unless they're like you know uh, futuristic or something like if they could take place in modern society like eventually they're gonna look like i mean like if you watch like an 80s movie like you can usually be like oh yeah it's an 80s movie yeah. look at that computer <laughs> mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> Not that it necessarily makes it a bad movie, but it makes it like easily like identifiable, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of those things. Anyway, all right. Well, I think we I think we made a show, guys. Um, should we wrap this bad boy up? I'm yeah, ready. All right, guys. Well, we thank everybody very much uh, for playing along. Uh, if you will, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, uh, leave us, you know, thumbs up, positive reviews, comments. Um, and, um, right now, uh, we are on, well, <laughs> somebody has to leave, but, uh, he, he's probably still on Twitter. Who knows? Uh, but why don't you guys come over and find us on Twitter? Um, uh, AJ, where can people find you? At a name for this too. And that's number two. I believe Lester is at unsolicited SUG and you can find me at Zach Jones live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Have a good one.